Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to the Purple Charm Experience, where I am your host, Chamare E. Fleming, but you can call me Mai. On today's episode, we will discuss the power of knowing and understanding your love language, especially during the holidays. I've got a cute and sexy little holiday story for you. We'll get into a little bit of Prince Purple History. And I have an excerpt from chapter six of The Violet Rose. And as always, I will share with you my quote of the day and my sip of the week. So without further ado, let's dive right into this episode. My quote of the day. Christmas is most truly Christmas when we celebrate it by giving the light of love to those who need it most by Ruth Carter Stapleton. I'm so excited to celebrate Christmas this year. And um, I feel like, of course, it goes without saying like all this year, um, if you're still alive and you're well and you're safe and you're with your family, we have so much to be excited and to be thankful for this year because I feel like as a country, as a people, we've lost so much um, this year due to the uh, coronavirus. And, um, you know, I feel like with the, the, the different types of unrest that we've had to deal with as far as like the racial unrest and um, the, the deaths of so many um, black and brown individuals um, it's just, it's just been a lot to deal with. And so, you know, I think that anytime we can celebrate something good that's happening in our lives, that's happening around us, that's what we should be focused on. And, um, you know, this, this holiday season is going to be super special to me because that's what I'm going to be trying to to march towards or to try to um, focus on is is the positive that we got going on that I have going on in my life and in my family and around me and trying to keep that that energy up um, because it's just too much to uh, to be grateful for than to dwell on the 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 negative that could be and that is happening at the same time that the good is happening too. So um, I just feel like as we move into uh, celebrating over the next um, week or so for the Christmas holiday and New Year's, I just say that say to you that um, as you are out in the world and coming in contact with other people, just make sure that your light it's the gift that you give to the world. And that's that, that that's, you know, what you're constantly emitting out into the world because we have enough darkness. We don't need to add to it. We just need to add to the positivity. And if you're positive, share your light. That's all I can say. Just share your light. And so with that, I hope that you have a great and ho- happy holiday. I hope this quote resonates with you and that, um, you hold the spirit of Christmas in your heart. 
um, each and every day because it is a wonder to be able to be happy and be filled with um, excitement and wonder and, and just love. And so I just say carry your light with you and let it shine everywhere you go. Have Yourself a Purple Christmas by Jamira E. Fleming. Twas the night before Christmas when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. All of the kiddos lay snuggled tightly in their beds as mommy and daddy tiptoed from their bedrooms after kissing their little heads. Into the living room, the pair scurried carefully and sipped holiday brandy and ate a few Christmas treats. A few hours passed with Daddy still in a Santa suit and Mommy now in red lingerie. They began to heat up under the mistletoe as they kissed each other's cares away. Daddy carried Mommy to the bedroom without making a clatter. And the two made Christmas love with such glee and lots of dirty chatter. When they awoke the next morning, their children were so excited to see all of the gifts Santa had left the night before under the Christmas tree. And the two loving pair stood proudly watching their kids tear through the wrapping paper to find the requested toys on the floor. Nothing but smiles and laughter and love filled this home. The two hugged each other tightly because they were so delighted that God had blessed their family another year together once more. everybody (laughs) so today for my topic of discussion I thought it would be you know really nice to to talk about and explore the power and knowing and understanding your love language if you've never heard of love languages or know what I'm talking about or anything like that or if you've never spoken with your partner about it the term love languages refers to knowing how to receive love from others and how to give love to others and it is, it's, it's, it's really important to know what they are and how your partner may respond to them. And so I thought it'd be nice to at least touch on them um, just a few minutes um, during the podcast um, so that, you know, if you're out trying to get ready for the holidays, you can incorporate this into your, your holiday gift giving or, um, um, thought process so that you are maximizing, um, you know, loving your partner during the holiday season. And so there are five love languages and it's important to know and to understand yours and your partner because it will make your relationship stronger. It allows you to be able to communicate better with your partner. 
And this is the perfect time to tap into your love languages. The holiday season is the perfect time to tap into them. You can be more more romantic because of them. You can make sure that you are more affectionate and forthcoming with your partner because of them. And so I just thought it'd be nice to at least discuss them, make you aware of them so that, you know, you can can love on your partner a little bit better and, and, and share with them how they can love on you a little bit better during this season. So um, here's an overview of the five languages, the five love languages. The first one is called um, the words of affirmation. If you're a person who loves to be, um, to receive affirmations, that means you like for your partner to, or you like to, for your partner to share with you acknowledgements of affection, tell you that they love you, compliment you. Um, you need words of appreciation, verbal encouragement, and it's important that you receive these things because it, it helps your your feelings to be skyrocketed because of it. Um, it makes you feel more understood and appreciated. The second one is quality time. People whose love language is quality time feel most adored when their partner actively wants to spend time with them and is always ready to hang out. Um, they particularly love when... Um, you're actively listening to them, you're making eye contact, you're fully present with them, and you prioritize them and spending time with them in the relationship. So when you are loving, if you're this way, or if your partner is someone who needs quality time, make sure you give them your undivided attention when you are with them. Um, don't be distracted by the TV or by your phone or other things that can interfere with your interaction with them and give them, um, the, the, uh, the be with them, be present with them at all times when you are spending time with them. The third love language is acts of services. So if your love language is acts of services, you value when your partner goes out of their way to make your life a little bit easier. So if say that you are super busy because of work and it's your day to pick up the kids from daycare or whatnot. And instead of you going to get them, your partner goes to get them for you because they know that you're super busy and can't can't make it on time. It's, or if your partner decides to pick up something, your favorite coffee or your favorite tea and bring it to you in the morning. It's things doing things like this that makes you feel special because it lets you know that they acknowledge that you're doing your best and that you're trying, but they want to pitch in a helping hand and help you out or you doing it for them. And so this love language is for people that believe that actions speak louder than words. You have to show them how you feel. And so that that's super important when you are dealing with someone or you are someone whose love language is acts of services. Gifts is the fourth 
love language. So this is pretty straightforward. I don't need, you know, it really doesn't need to go into details about this, but it basically is, um, you feel love when people give you a gift or some visual action, some visual symbol of love. So if it's a necklace, if it's, you know, uh, a ring or if it's, um, uh, some sort of gift is people whose love language is receiving gifts, enjoy being gifted something that's both physical and meaning. So if you take the time out to find out what's my favorite burst or my, my favorite stone or my favorite, um, uh, uh, and have a, a necklace or some sort of jewelry made with it. Or if you, um, find out what my, my favorite shirt is, um, or my favorite, my favorite music group. And you give me with tickets to a concert. That is an example of someone whose love language is receiving gifts. And the fifth and final love language is physical touch. So people with physical touch as their love language feel loved when they receive physical signs of affection, including kissing, holding hands, cuddling on the couch and sex, because physical intimacy and touch can be incredibly powerful and reaffirm their love with their partner. And so they communicate this appreciation through these acts. And so it's important to to make sure that you know whether or not your 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 spouse or your your girlfriend or boyfriend or whoever your um your love of the love of your life is understands as long as you know that you understand what their love language is and that physical touch is their love language that you can speak to that and so i bring all of these things up to say that um you know During the holidays, is is can be. I think with the holidays being upon us, and then also with the, you know, being restricted and limited to being, limited to being, stuck in a house <laughs> because of COVID, this is a great time to employ these five love languages, and making sure that we are speaking to the love languages of our spouses and, or love love uh, love of our lives and then also having those love languages speak back to us from them and so you know i encourage you during this holiday season to make sure that if you're a person who um is with someone who loves words of affirmation or you are that person who loves affirmation, words of affirmation, that you make sure that you express to your partner that they should encourage and affirm you and to tell you that they appreciate you and emphasize it and listen actively. You have to be open and know yourself well enough to be able to tell someone how to love you and to love them too. So words of affirmations is what you need tell them what they need to say to make you feel you special and if those are what is that's what they need to hear from you be open and listen so that when they tell you you can respond accordingly 
um, if physical touch is an affirmation, is what is what you need for your is, is one of your love languages and what you need, or if that's something that your partner needs from you, be willing to hold hands, you know, snuggle, cuddle, kiss, um, be present with them and show how much you love them because that's important. Physical touch is important. And, um, it allows for that intimacy between the two of you to grow and to be strong. And, um, it creates a bond that can't be broken. So be willing and open to it. If receiving gifts is your love language, be thoughtful in the gift giving. Um, or if that is what your partner, you know, makes your partner feel love, be thoughtful in the gifts that you give to your partner. Make sure that, uh, your spouse or whoever your love, the love of your life is, is a priority and speak purposefully to them. Um, it should be an expression of your gratitude when you give them that gift from you or when you receive it from them. Um, you have to discuss these things so that it's not foreign. It feels like it's already been ingrained. It's a part of the relationship. If quality time is either one of your love language, yours, your partner or your love language, make sure that you're having uninterrupted and focused conversations with each other. And it's one-on-one time. That one-on-one time with you and that person is critical. It makes sense. And this is the perfect time to have those, those moments. Um, create the special moments within you, um, within your relationship. Take long walks. Do things with your partner that you don't typically get to do with us in this pandemic going on. Um, there's opportunities for us to do staycations in our own states because, you know, we can't really travel long distances and there are a number of beautiful places to go. I'm pretty sure in every one of these states, um, to enjoy with just you and your partner, pick one, (laughs) go do it, (laughs) do it alone, do it often. Um, share that quality time. You deserve it. You need it. It helps build intimacy and build that bridge to one another, especially And it keeps the bridge open, the communication open too. And finally, if acts of service is your love language or your partner's love language, you know, do things for them that they don't expect, you know, get them that special tea that they enjoy, uh, make the bed after they get up and when there's normally something that they would do. Or pick up the kids, bring home dinner, do something that they wouldn't typically expect for you to do, but do it just because. And do it together. Go out of your way to alleviate something from their lives that could be a a daily workload. Alleviate that from their lives. Or hopefully they would do that for you. And so I just bring that up just 
this episode because I just felt like it's important to, you know, get back to one and get back to, you know, ground zero when it comes to loving each other and loving our partners and being present and being aware, self-aware, and then understanding and aware of what our partners need in our relationships and making sure we speak into their languages of love and theirs to ours. And so I hope that you find some value in this discussion. Um, I may pick it up again in a future episode, but I just wanted to at least bring it up because I think it is important and it's a perfect time to talk about it during the holidays because, you know, you can, during the holidays, we are in the house with each other because we're out for work and on vacation through Christmas, through New Year, New Year's. And sometimes, um, through the hustle and bustle of the Christmas frenzy and New Year's frenzy, we may f- may forget to um, love on each other a little bit more. And so I hope talking about the love languages inspires some romance and, you know, in your life this, this holiday season. So happy holidays and Merry Christmas and get to loving. My sip of the week. This week, with all the snow that we had that dumped on us from on the East Coast, um, I am so excited to see the first snow because, you know, growing up as a kid, I always wanted it to snow during the Christmas holidays. And it wasn't until I moved to Boston that I actually got a uh, that actual feeling of snow during the holiday season and it's just it's really cool to be an adult now and to live in a place where um I can see snow on the ground during the Christmas holiday uh, because snow was always something that happened after Christmas when I lived in North Carolina growing up as a kid Uh, we were never as lucky to get Uh, snow during the Christmas and so it's just really cool the week before Christmas we have uh, snow um, a snowstorm and then um, to look out the window and see snow on the ground and have that that excitement as a kid um, you know that a kid feels or like I felt as a kid growing up seeing snow and um, and so with that I wanted to uh, choose a a sip for this week um, that is inspired by uh, winter. And so this sip is called Winter Wonderland. And it is a awesome cocktail. Um, You need to break out your, (laughs) go ahead and break out your martini glasses for this one, ladies um, and gents who (laughs) love a good cocktail. And, um, because this one is a, is, 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 is pretty nice. Um, it is one of the, 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 you know, one of the best, I think one of the best cocktails to drink during the holiday season, because it just, it just embodies the, the whole, uh, holiday experience. And like I said, it's called winter wonderland. And, um, it's perfect for the holidays because it has all of the right components for a festive sip. <laughs> and so this cocktail features vodka, um, peppermint schnapps, 
um, white chocolate liqueur, candy canes, and red sugar around the rim of the martini glass. Um, I found this particular sip on uh, Pinterest, so you can actually go and check it out on Pinterest um, to get the actual uh, ingredients and the directions on how to make this this cocktail. But I love it because it tastes like peppermint bark. I don't know if you have a Ghirardelli peppermint bark candy, but uh, during the holidays, what my husband loves <laughs> loves peppermint bark during the holidays and he and I usually kind of fight over his, <laughs> his his stash when he brings it home and so this is definitely one of those those sips that um is a treat to have during the holidays and so I highly recommend this sip to get you into the holiday spirit and if you enjoy it please drop me a line or a comment let me know what you think and um yeah sip sip nicely and sip well this holiday season and uh i hope that you like this sip the violet rose chapter six today was one of the few days in the middle of the year when New England caught up with the rest of the country and experienced a relentless heat heat wave. It was a scorcher and one of those summer days when anything could happen. Destiny always had a trick up her sleeve and the summer heat added an extra level of surprise. The don't take this the wrong way, but maybe one day I can see you in the nude wearing nothing but those heels and the scent of lavender summer heat was just as intense as Nate's thoughts on his direction of his life. He had been in a bit of a whirlwind prior to his new friendship. He was at peace through it all. But as faith would have it, he recently, recently his life had taken a turn for the better. Things always seemed to fall in place when he trusted the source of where his where all blessings flow. He always had a melody on his mind and a note of a song that hung on his every word. He was music. At this moment, he thought of his muse and she fused seamlessly into his passion for music. These two things were no longer mutually exclusive. Now he saw them as one. When he thought of his music, She was now a part of that fabric woven intricately into his mind. She became the center of his universe. He had not expected to see her at the Savoy two months ago, but man, was that night magical. When he had his guitar that night, she had loved every minute of it. He knew that He knew then that she was special, but he never expected their friendship to to blossom into what it was now. Nick was not pushing what they had, but he was digging it. He had decided to go go at her pace. She wasn't like the women he had dated in the past. And that was something he really liked about her. She was cool. And they could talk for hours. 
She understood everything about him from his music to his religious beliefs. He didn't spring his religious beliefs on most folks right away, but if someone was going to be around him often, they had to know and understand that his belief in God was important to him. She just gets it, and she gets me. They had many things in common, and Nate loved her passion to dance. They shared in a drive that moved them, and both understood it was a gift they were given to share with the world. Their relationship had really taken off over the last month. It had become one of those relationships that defy time by moving at a rapid pace. In their world, when they were together, time didn't exist. Their creative worlds were now in constant collision for the continual benefit of creativity. Nate had even written a couple of songs for Violet to dance to. Her spirit is beautiful, and I'm crazy about this girl. The beauty about what was occurring between them was the undeniable feeling that they'd known each other forever. They were like long-lost best friends. Maybe time would catch up to the present moment of their relationship, even though they had only been spending time together for two months. They were light years ahead of time in what they were experiencing. Nate and Violet had plans to meet shortly, and he couldn't wait to see her. I love this part, uh, the beginning of chapter six. I don't want to go into any other part of the, the, this chapter because this chapter gets gets pretty deep. It's some stuff that happens in here that, you know, the reader should experience it and not from me reading it to you, um, but on your own. Um, but I love how this, this chapter opens up because it really gets you into the mind of what what Nate is feeling for Violet and uh, I think it's genuine I think it's real um it reminds me of how I felt with um I think part of how I wrote this is because of how I felt with um my husband when we first started dating and um it was important to you know there's only been a few times where in my life where I felt like the person that I was, uh, you know, in love with, um, or was actually in or not in love with, but interacting with, um, it felt like, um, I had known him for a long time. And my husband is that, that, that person. And I think I could possibly say my high school sweetheart was the same way. Um, uh, it just felt, you know, you when you have those moments in life when you um, meet someone and you hit it off really well and you can connect and it just feels right and it feels like you've known them forever. Um, you wonder if time will ever have the opportunity to catch up with where you are with that person in your relationship with them. And so... I wanted to write that into the story, and I'm glad that uh, I I came 
allowed that to come through from Nate's perspective because it's easy to be a woman and to write about my feelings as a woman, but to write it and try to put myself in the shoes of what it would be like for my uh, male character to be feeling like this towards his his love interest. It was interesting. Um, not that I know, I know nothing about what it means. <laughs> what it's like to be a man (laughs) trying to pursue a woman but I do know what love feels like and I think that uh, having a human experience and um, speaking to love from an abstract way uh, you know not even acknowledging what the gender period just speaking through a character um through the character, through the, the perspective of what love feels like um, without acknowledging gender is what made it, made it easier to be able to write from his perspective. And so when I completely ignore um, either one of the genders and just wrote from a feeling of love for both characters, I think I was able to really get into um, allowing these two characters to fall in love and seeing it through seeing life and love through their eyes, their fictional eyes. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed writing this chapter and it is, it's amazing to read, um, read this story and see where my mind was as I wrote it again on on paper. So I hope that you enjoyed this chapter. But yeah, this 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 particular chapter was a fun one to write. And it gets into the it the, the issues of um uh uh domestic abuse and um or abuse period um at the end of this chapter and so um I just wanted to bring awareness and attention to you know Verbal abuse is abuse, and the way people, someone treats you is important. Um, how they speak to you is important, and uh, no one deserves to be treated like a doormat or treated as if um, their their feelings or their passions have no merit or value. Um, if you're with someone that doesn't value your who you are, what you stand for, your passions, your desires, your the things that you're interested in in life, there's no room for you to you two to be together. There's no room or space for love in that relationship, period. Point blank and the period. And so that's why I made it um very clear for um Violet to make the decision to walk away from Donovan because I knew that he wasn't good good for her. I knew he wasn't good for anyone. And so, um, but yeah, I just, I enjoy seeing the love unfold between Violet and Nate because he steps up to, into the gap to be what she needed him to be. And not only that, um, she was strong enough to be with him or without him, you know, but she was, um, she, 
was what he needed as well. It was like two puzzle pieces coming together. And I love that. And I love how they stick up for each other, even as friends in this chapter, um, when um, Donovan sees uh, Violet on the street um, at Boylston and Mass Ave Corner, um, getting ready to go to Berkeley. Um, she was waiting on on uh, uh, Nate. And I just love how when he shows up, you know, he kind of kind of throws his 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 confidence out there. And it's like, who the, who are you? Like, <laughs> and I love that about Nate. I love that about Nate. And I love how he he kind of rescued her, so to speak, from that situation there. And they stepped up for each other and was like, I got your back. You got my back. But we ain't got to say that. We just do that. And that's what they did. And then they walked off and did their own thing and left Donovan standing there looking silly in the middle of the street. And that's what I love, you know. So, yeah, defeating the dragon. Like, you know, it's like awesome. So, yeah. So that's chapter six. And I hope you enjoyed the reading. And uh, if you haven't picked up the book, please get your copy. And um, if you like it, um, please write me a review um, on Amazon and Goodreads. I love it. Um, I love going through and reading them. It, it makes me happy. And it lets me know and it reaffirms that I'm doing the right thing. So thank you for your, your support and for your, your readership. right guys now it's time for a little bit of purple history and if you didn't know if you've been living on the rock or if you just never even heard of this this person let me just go ahead and fill you in prince is probably one of is definitely my favorite musician of all time um if you didn't know who he was prince was a minnesota-based singer songwriter musician studio engineer actor director dancer and music legend over his nearly 40-year career, he sold more than 100 million albums. He also won seven Grammys and an Oscar. He was the main creator of the Minneapolis Sound, a blending of rhythm and blues, funk, rock, punk, and new wave that defined the music of the 1980s. This man was a genius. He was amazing. And so I just wanted to share a little bit of Prince history that happened on December 19th. Um, in 1981, Newsweek published a full page spread on Prince entitled The Naughty Prince of Rock. And then also Prince released the sexy romantic single Te Amo Corazon on the 3121 album in 2005. Now, I will say I love this song because it is so beautiful and it has like a Latin flair to it. Um, And this album is probably one of my favorite albums as well because it has a few of my favorite tracks on it. One of them is The Dance. And so I just want to say if you're trying to get romantic and get sexy time, quality time (laughs) with your your mate, um, with your love, the, the love of your life, put the dance on. (laughs) put the dance on that song is definitely the perfect mood setter 
And then also uh, Black Sweat is on that album. And I don't know if any of you know, but there's a lot of funny memes that came from the video for Black Sweat. Um, And I like to use them pretty frequently. (laughs) Um, But also one of the fun facts about this particular album, 3121, is that um, there's a perfume that Prince created um, that went along with this um, this album. And I actually have um, this this perfume. I have the set and I have the parfum. And so, um, yeah, it it has a distinctive smell to it. Um, It's not feminine. Um, It has notes of sandalwood in it, but it is, it's probably one of my, I do like to wear it, but I only wear it on special occasions. I don't wear it a lot because, um, you know, it's, I know that I can't get it (laughs) if I use it up. And so um, I try to, you know, take my time using it. Um, and I have taken my time using it. Um, but yeah, um, if you, if you get a chance to smell it or try it or get it, I highly recommend it. Um, but it is a, it is a, an acquired fragrance and not everyone that gets it, likes it, um, because it's not your typical fruity, um, vanilla or, you know, just the typical type of fragrance that women wear or that, you know, that they, that is thought that women would wear, but it was created in 2007. And, um, I don't know. It's just like, it's just like, it's a really cool, a really cool fragrance, but it, some of the notes that it has is bergamot, jasmine, gardenia, orange blossom and lily of the valley um but it's also very earthy too um very woodsy is what i uh, what i got from it when i first smelled it and um i love it and it and, and it's purple and the bottle is pretty too and uh so yeah um if you get a chance check it out but that's our prince history for this week's episode And I hope you enjoyed it. Hey guys, I just want to say thank you for joining me on this episode of the Purple Charm Experience. If you enjoyed this podcast, please continue to support by subscribing. And also join me each and every time I post a new episode. Not to mention to share it with your friends and family because they also need to enjoy this experience too. So with that being said, I just want to say thank you again and I'll see you next time on the Purple Charm Experience.